good technique, he will be elite. If his technique becomes great, after his good, then he's a Hall of Famer. Fighting through contact, fighting through offensive line, being a double team, multiple moves stacked into one. Just a play of pure domination. This is actual film, it's actual football talk. It's a football show, it's about football, not storylines. And you are listening to the 52nd edition of Fluid Splits. Um, appreciate Michael, hey, Michael Nanya for throwing up that uh, the new intro. Um, hopefully next year there will be even some more um, new exciting players, whether that be, you know, the Toonies or the Jujus or the Allen Robinsons or the Judons. And uh, hopefully one, one uh, golden-haired quarterback um we'll be on the jets plus some other you know high draft picks uh that'll be pretty exciting so uh really really excited for the offseason like i said 52nd edition uh just doing the math the 55th edition is the edition and we will know um where the jets stand in that 55th edition that first monday that that january 4th i believe um will be the Monday, Black Monday, right after uh, the Jets' last game, where myself and Kyle Smith will be hosting a live stream. So um, that'll be—I'm sure there'll be a ton to talk about on that episode. I'm—I'm I'm, I'm sure it's going to be absolutely wild and really, really fun. And we're only about two and a half weeks away, so I'm super, super pumped. Um, three games left. Uh, I'm going to say out of the 18 hours, I'm up a day. Um, don't do the math and try to figure out get eight hours of sleep a day because that's just not true. Um, I would say that the the Jets and where they're picking their schedule and the Jaguar schedule takes up at least an hour, hour and a half of my brain space every single day. Uh, looking up the schedule multiple times, looking at it, looking at matchups, like I'm just uh, super excited to get this thing over with and, and hoping the Jaguars um, can pull one out of their ass this weekend against the, the Ravens, which I highly doubt, but then next week they have the... Um, they have the uh, who the hell am I? Oh, the, the Bears next week, and then the week after that, they have the Colts. So you're hoping, you know, one of these games, you know, may, okay, they beat the Colts the week one of the year. The the Bears are highly volatile, so maybe they could beat the Bears. And you know, uh, the Raider. I mean, the Ravens throw up a sticker every once in a while, so um, you, you never know. Uh, you know, the Jets playing the the Rams this week. You know, the Rams having one of the best defenses in the NFL, um, one of the best running games in the NFL. Now, Fado Kossi is probably going to be out for this game. I don't have a lot of – I'm not very scared with this game, especially considering coaching. Um, The Browns, you you saw them compete with the the Ravens. Hopefully, they're still competing for something. Week 16, I think they will be. Um, You know, playoff seating, hopefully they, they care. Um, and then week 17, obviously, have the Patriots, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully, the you know the Jets are smart, and, and Douglas uh, benches some guys and lets the young guys play, and hopefully the the, the Patriots aren't playing Stidham. Uh, Donald has a lot of problems against the Patriots, so I'm pretty faithful if Donald's in there. But if he gets injured and Flacco's in there, uh, it's a little bit too close for comfort last time with Flacco. So we'll see. Uh, 44 plays this, this review. We're not going to be super, super long just because uh, – the Jets getting blown out forty to three. Who wants to watch th- you know three hours about that? Um, I know some people might, um, but I only have forty four plays instead of the usual like sixty sixty five. So we'll we'll cut it a little bit short, um, just because we're all so done. We're all we're all we we want to get to the end of the season so freaking bad. Uh, we got one review, one five star rating and review. 
Um, this one from Des the Lunatic uh, said he feels like this podcast is a foundation for all of the in-depth smart stuff going on at Jets X Factor. Um, and then mentions, you know, Nani and, and, and Sabo and Sam and um, praises Jets X Factor. So we appreciate that. We're trying to to do a little bit more than the typical WFAN uh, talking points, talking about the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again for, for 25 weeks in a row. Um, we try to provide you with, with analytics and, and film and stuff like that. But getting into the studs and duds of this week, obviously, again, we start off with the duds when they lose. Um, we absolutely need to be starting off with the duds last three weeks of the season. Um, and I get people who, who want the Jets to win, you know, week week 17, you know, beat the Patriots, avoid the 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 scar of the 0-16 record, which has only happened, uh, you know, two other times in history. I know there was two other 0-14 teams, so we'd be the I believe the fifth team to be um, have a have a winless season, but only the third um, to be 0-16 with the the Browns and the Lions. Listen, I don't really care that much. It's already embarrassing to be a Jets fan. If anything, I want the Johnsons to be embarrassed and make, yeah, you know what? What we're doing is not really working right now. So I'm completely fine with going on 16. I don't, I don't care. Um, you know, obviously I care about the Jets, but what's more embarrassing? Like people can say, oh, oh, in 16 versus one in 15. Like congratulations, you went one in 15. Who cares? It's, it's one more game. Um, and I know a lot of people want to want to win a game, but I'm not going to be rooting for the Jets to win a game until the Jaguars win a game. Once the, if the Jaguars win this week, sure. I'll root week 17, but I'm not rooting week 16 because then with my luck, the Jets will win the last two weeks of the season. And people, you know, get at me. Oh, well, why are you scared? The Jets are so bad. And again, scared. Would I bet my money on the Jets winning any one of these games? No, I wouldn't. But I was also pissing my pants, you know, the the Raiders game. I was also pissing my pants the the, the you know the Patriots game they almost won that game where they blew it. They they could have easily ran out that clock in the Patriots game too. Um, they they didn't because they're a really poorly coached team. But all you need is a is a fumble, an interception, or a drop pass to go your way, and you could have won either one of those games. So um, to be absolutely not nervous, you either have nerves to steal or you just haven't been watching because it's football. Teams can win now. Teams like the the, the Rams, no, I, I really doubt it. Teams like the Browns, if they're actually playing for something, I, I doubt it. Um, they're just a much more talented team than the Jets. The Patriots, if they have Jared Stidham Week Seventeen. Um, it's it's an interesting conversation. A lot of people talk about that. Um, and I'm sorry for this to be my my open monologue every week. I I literally don't plan anything. I just kind of just talk. Um, but with the Patriots, um, it, with Bill Belichick more specifically, does he? It, it's it's the argument of does he with him coaching for only a couple more, you know, presumably only a couple more years, does he care about Trevor Lawrence? Does he want to give the Jets to win to to um, not give the Jets Trevor Lawrence, or does he want to finish the Jets off 0-16 season? I lean a little bit more towards he wants to finish the Jets off and have them be in the record books forever as a winless team and not having their only win be in Foxborough Week 17. I, I lean more that way, but there is an argument for the other side as well. So it's an interesting discussion. Um, but to get into the um, duds of the game. Uh, this is actually a large chunk of the show. Well, not a large chunk. Oh, actually a pretty big chunk, I guess. Um, is Oh, the one thing actually I want to do before that, um, I've been thinking about this a little bit. I've been putting up the Twitter threads. You can follow me on Twitter at JoeRB31. I, I, the last couple of days I've been doing a lot of Becton fan, Connor McGovern. Um, at the end of the season, because obviously we have about a month before free agency or actually really like two months before free agency, I'm going to do a lot of draft prep. I'm, I'm going to do a lot. Like, listen, did I finish at one? 
like I said, you're probably going to have 120 to 125 play review of Lawrence. You're going to have probably close to 10 hours of YouTube video of Lawrence. Well, actually, especially for the subscribers, the other the other people who don't subscribe might get half of that, but that's still five hours of of Lawrence stuff. Um, but I'll be preparing for that. But in the meantime, I'm going to be putting up threads. I'm going to continue the threads I have. The threads I do have, and let me know if you're interested in certain ones. Um, I know there's certain players that people want to see, uh, specifically players who are going to be here most likely for the long haul. So, you know, Becton, Fant, McGovern. I have a good Donald thread, a bad Donald thread. I have Crowder, Barrios, Herndon, Perryman, Fado Kasi, a lot more Williams plays I put up. I know people are interested in, in Quinn and Williams, Mims, John Franklin Myers, Bryce Hall. None of those are really questions. I only got a couple plays of Huff, uh, a couple of, of May Davis. If there's any of those that you're like thinking like, oh, I don't really care about any you know those guys, then let me know. But the guys like the the P Ryan's and the Bashams and the Huff are, are each like two like two to five plays. You know, the Quinn and Williams, the Mims, the Halls that I'm looking at, um, even Fado Costi are, are anywhere from ten to thirty more. Um, that I have to put up and that's without the next three weeks of the season. So I'm going to continue those reviews. Um, the guys like Darnold, like I might, if they just finish the number one overall, if, if they finish the number one overall pick, am I really going to continue a bad Donald thread or a good Donald thread at that point? Are Jets fans completely done with Donald? They don't really care anymore. Most likely. So that might just be something I don't even do to be completely honest. Um, but, um, moving on to the, to the does, I did want to mention that just for the people who, you know, if you are interested in certain guy, I, I want to see Donald, let me know. Maybe I'll do it. Um, but Donald is my number three dud of the game. Um, a lot of his plays were, were, I would say not, not, not too negative this game. Uh, he did have a decent game, but his mistakes outweigh the positives. Um, even if there was only two, two mistakes to, to 10 decent plays, the mistakes were really, really, really bad. And again, I, I, I don't know if I said on this podcast, if I did it when I did like the, the weekly X's and O quick hits with, with Scott Mason, you know, if, if there was a scale, um, one of those like weighing scales uh, and the one side where you put stones for keeping Donald and the one was bad and each game you had to decide on the stone to put in the good or bad um, and the good having to be really good for because again, for you to skip on a prospect like Lawrence, you'd have to have, a lot of very good games, in my opinion. Um, you need to prove to me that you're going to be a top 10 um, quarterback, top 15 at minimum. And Donald, all the stats, everything, he's one of the bottom quarterbacks in the league, um, which is obviously not what we were expecting, but you need to have, you know, you need to decide on those stones. And I don't think there's been one stone on the side of keep Donald this year. I don't think any mode of his games have been anything above average. And, and average is not is not good enough to put it on that good Donald thread, keep Donald thread, because average is not good enough to skip on Lawrence. It's just not. So um, this is another one of those games. That the, the mistakes were brutal. Um, have about 10 plays of him. Um, 14 of 26, 132 yards. Let's get into some of the Donald film again. Um, some of these shows I did in the past, I had, you know, 30 plays of Darnold, uh, maybe even, maybe a little bit less, 25. But at this point, it's looking pretty bleak. Um, now, what did the Jets get for him? Uh, there's been arguments all over the place. You know, you have to consider the age. You have to consider what he showed on tape. Some people at first said a late first. I don't think that's happening anymore. Some people are saying a second and a third or a second and a fourth. Some people are saying you'll get a third round at best for him. So let's just assume they get a second or a third. Listen. You, let's just say you get a second round pick for Donald, which I think they can get a sec, just a second round pick at least. Um, we'll see. Maybe it's a third, but let's just say a second for now, being a little bit more optimistic. You have $100 million in cap space. You have or about $100 million. I know it's a little bit less right now, but once you get rid of guys like Henry Anderson, um, 
etc. That that will lessen uh, or or graden. Uh, Alex Lewis, you know, etc. Et uh, Ryan Griffin, whoever they're getting rid of, ton, ton of guys. Um, you have a hundred million dollars in cap space ish. You have a the number one overall pick. So let's just say you have Lawrence. You have another first round pick. You have two second round picks. You have two third round picks. I think you have two fifth round picks. A sixth. I don't know if they have a seventh. They trade all their sevenths away, I believe. But ton of picks, ton of ton of cap room. They're going to attract a, I, I believe what would be an attractive um, head coaching candidate. Hopefully the the Johnsons don't screw that up. Hopefully they let their GM that they they begged to come to the Jets uh, actually handle that. But. Um, yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. The Jets are in a good spot going forward. I've I've a lot of optimism where they're going. They're not going to be this bad next year. Um, I I do feel like with a with a quarterback prospect like Lawrence, with a top head coaching candidate, they can make a Dolphins turnaround where they were the worst team or one of the worst teams in the NFL last year, and now they're competing for a playoff spot. I think I think the Jets could be around five hundred next year, um, considering all the cap space and considering all the draft picks, considering a new coach. Like I said, if you just take a, a, a solid coach, let's just say, I think floor is even better than solid. Um, but let you take a floor is on the Jets team this year. They probably have two, three wins right now. I, I think you win the Patriots game. You definitely win the Raiders game. Um, and then maybe the Broncos game you win, you know, so two, three wins right there. And that's just by a head coach. Now you add a hundred million dollars in cash pace, a good quarterback. And I know he's gonna have lumps in his rookie year, whether that be fields or Lawrence, hopefully it's Lawrence. Um, and you add a Judon and an Allen Robinson. And, and again, the biggest, the, the huge benefit um, this year's free agency is again, you have, you're gonna have more players in the pool because not a lot of people can resign their guys and are even have to cut guys because of the, the salary drop and you have less suitors. So the jets are going to be a lot more of an attractive place because there's going to be some teams who are out of the running and some of the teams in the running are just not going to have the space that the jets have. So the jets can pay that extra $2 million a year for, for some guys, depending obviously identifying if it's the correct guy to, to, you know, pay that 2 million, uh, that two extra million dollars a year. Um, you know, the guys like the Judons out there, maybe not those type of guys. I, you know, I think he might be a little bit overhyped just because of the team he's on. The, the, the Judons, the Bud Dupree's, I'm a little bit more wary on them. We'll see after their film um, if they do sign with the Jets. Uh, but the guys, the, the Allen Robinsons, the Toonies, the, the Galladay's, the Brandon Sheriff's out there off the top of my head, those are the guys I'm willing to spend a little bit extra on because, you know, um, they play premium positions um, and wide receiver. I don't consider premium position, but for a new quarterback, for, for a team with a young quarterback, it is a premium position. So it's depending on our situation. So um, watching this play again, the Jets got screwed with a couple of PIs in this game. Um, in, in my opinion, you have the middle of the field open look right here with the cover two. Um, he has this bender route where he's either going to go into the seam um or just run up the seam or, or attack the mid seam on like a skinny post, depending on if it's middle of the field open, middle of the field closed playing routes like that, or, you know, are, there are plenty of routes in the, in the NFL like that, where you read the defense. So it's most likely that it could just be a, a skinny post, but I'm going to say it's mostly, you know, most of these routes have options and tags to him and things like that. Um, so he, he attacks the uh, middle of the field open. Darnold gets rid of the ball at a good time. Perfectly good time. Uh, again, anticipating the window, which it's there. And puts it in a good spot. Now, maybe he could have released it a quarter of a second earlier, but I'm not going to get on him for that. That's that's it, that's a good timing. He's reading the left, saw the right. Like, you could see how quickly his eyes went left, right, saw it, hitch, throw. 
Like that's completely fine. That's that's a good throw. Um, and this is one of those situations where the Jets get, you know, they got screwed. A lot of the calls this year, like I listen, the the whole Austin Safarian Jenkins things a couple of years ago, I agreed that it wasn't a touchdown. Um, I don't know if that was the one to the front. I don't think that was the one to the front left pylon, but the one I think it was against the the Patriots. Was that that was the game with the two right? The one to the front left pylon, I I thought was a touchdown. The one to the back right pylon, you could see the ball moving in his arm. So I never agreed with that. That people say, oh, it's a terrible call. It's that's that's wearing the green colored glasses. I get why they called that. Um, so I will call out whatever I see. Um, overall, good job by the by the whole offensive line. You have Fan who locks up his guy double unders. You have Beckton who's locking up his guy. Um, pretty clean pocket for for Sam Darnold, obviously. Um, delivers the ball, and again, right to Barrios. And if you're telling me that you don't think this guy is there early, um, and again, I think we have a better view of this this time. If this isn't there early, then I don't know what is. I've seen ones that are a little bit later than that or a little bit earlier than that, but he's clearly – how is he going to catch this ball when his, when his arm is getting jerked back? There's absolutely no way. So the ref is standing right here, literally watching it, and he doesn't throw a flag. Um, like, dude. So good throw by Donald, good route by Barrios. Um, the Jets are the Jets. So they're not going to get calls. It just is what it is. Once the Jets are competing – um, I, and I firmly do believe this, that the, the teams who are competing, the players who are who are the superstars of the NFL, they get the benefit of the doubt. It's 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 pretty obvious, um, in my opinion. So once the Jets are competing in a couple of years, um, or maybe even next year, they'll, they'll, I think they'll get a little bit more calls. I, I think the refs um, have biases towards better players, better teams. I really do. Um, Donald throw to Scott. Over route right here. Zone coverage, cover three. These three guys get sucked up. Um, do they actually sell the play action? Yeah, good job by Donald selling the play action. He usually doesn't. That's a little bit different of a play action um, than you typically see of him like taking a snap from under center and and uh, you know like a single back look um, gun set. It's a little bit easier to fake it, but fakes it. Linebackers get sucked up. You have uh, Jill, I believe his name is Jaleel Scott running the over route right here. Donald sees it, fades away from pressure. You can see him fade away right here. Throw it, deliver it right to him, hit it right in the hands. Good, good, good throw by Donald. Good read. I believe he was reading left first. Yeah, left first. Doesn't see anything he likes. Eyes flash back, sees him. Natural ability takes over, fades back, hits him. Good spiral, right in the face. Good play. Donald has these good plays. That's, that's a good play. Um, the blocking. It's all pretty, pretty generic. It's, it's a lot easier to block on play action for the most part. Um, moving on. Thirteen. I turn the brightness on my screen. Uh, okay. Donald, terrible throw. Okay. So now we have a very typical coverage of NFL teams, especially the Seahawks, whether, whether it be like cover one robber, cover three lurk. They like drop. They, they like showing cover two high or, you know, two high or six or four. Um, and then dropping one of the safeties down in, into a lurk robber position where they're just looking at anything crossing their face and they're going to jump it. That's literally what Adams is looking for um, right here. You have Donald who, who stares down the right side the entire time. Um, I believe he looks in the middle, but you're going to see his eyes not look at Adams. It's kind of funny how he doesn't see Adams. Um, 
Heath wants to throw the dig route to Barrios and again, never sees Adams, never checks Adams, hits Adams right in the chest and uh, he drops it, which is hilarious because, you know, he wanted that really, really bad. So that was nice to see. Even though they blew us out, it was definitely nice to see him drop a pick. So reads right the entire time, checks this safety. He never sees Jamal Adams. So he checks that safety, sees um, he's dropping back and cover one. So he thinks he has enough room, but you have to read the whole field. You can't just read one safety. If there's two safeties high, read what the other one's doing as well. Doesn't do it. And again, reads right. Reading this safety, you can tell he's not looking at Adams. Goes back to his route. Barrios throws it right into the breadbasket. That is elementary reading of defenses in the NFL level. It just is. Um, again, he knew it was coming, saw the route, saw Donald loading up, and dropped the easiest interception he'll ever have, or that he won't have. Again, pretty good job of the offensive. This is a clean pocket. You know, listen, there are times, and I will show them in, even in this game, where he has no chance, but he has these clean pockets plenty more than he had in his rookie year and his second year. People just don't know if they're watching. They're like, oh, the offensive line's terrible. It's not. It's, it's, it's not good. It's not terrible. There's no way it's terrible. Last year was terrible. Trust me. Um, if you've been watching, you we we broke down how horrific the offensive line was last year. It was not nearly as bad this year. Um, Donald throw third and five. Assuming this is good. Yeah. Okay. So Seahawks are clearly showing pressure, but it's a simulated one. Or not really. It's I mean, it's, it, sometimes you call it like a creeper pressure if they're only bringing like four guys, but they're coming from from irregular places. Like if it's you have like a corner coming and a D tackle dropping back, people refer to those as creeper blitzes when they're only sending four. Um, they just press it on a scrimmage, and you have the you have the two guys who are sugar in the a gap drop back into coverage, and the two guys on the edge drop back into coverage. So they're showing pressure, um, but they drop back into coverage. Um, you have one guy come clean off the edge, right here. He's not accounted for. Donald recognizes that. This is going to be his hot because this guy is not in man coverage on him. So especially with these guys carrying, um, you have Barrios match up against a linebacker. Donald recognizes that. Throws the ball before Barrios is breaking because a guy in his face fades backwards. Hits him a little bit behind him, but still, good job. Good job just knowing your, knowing your reads, seeing the pressure knowing he's going to have space to Barrios, these guys, most likely this linebacker carrying or DB carrying, know he's going to have room on this out and is going to hit him before he breaks. So good job by Donald. Good, 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 uh, good pre-snap to post-snap recognition right there. I will be fair. I'll always be fair if a, guy's, if a guy has a good throw. I'm not just going to shoot on Donald. Uh, that'd be stupid. Um, Donald, good throw. Again, I thought he started off the game pretty good. Minus that terrible obviously terrible interception, which is takes all these plays and pretty much flushes them down the great, uh, down the, down the drain. You want to have a quarterback have really, really good plays and then some average plays with a, with a bad play sprinkled in every once in a while, but Donald has them way too frequently. Um, drops back. He sees it's man coverage. He's going to trust, he's in trust um, Crowder to beat, to beat Griffin um, to the front pylon throws it puts it in a good spot like listen it, it doesn't it doesn't connect because griffin plays it pretty well where he plays over and um doesn't like to let the rub affect him now maybe you'd like to see herndon cut this a little bit higher especially knowing that he's probably gonna listen 
if anything, for the, for the pickers, you want to cut it a little bit high because for them to cut underneath, then they're going to, then they're going to be stacked by the wide receiver. But if you go too low, they're going to play over the top. You don't want them to play over the top. If anything, force them underneath of you. So Griffin plays this too shallow. I mean, uh, Herndon plays that too shallow in my opinion. He just lets him go right over top of him. It's not a good job by him. He almost, he, he wasn't really trying to pick him. Like he was almost avoiding him. So not, not the best pick rub from him. Uh, Donald trust him. Puts it in a good spot. Like, listen, he put in a spot where only Crowder was going to catch it, and he he wasn't able to make the catch. But even though this wasn't completed ball, um, I like the velocity in the ball. I like the area of the ball. Um, would have been a really tough catch, but you know it, it wasn't a proper rub by by Herndon right there. Way too shallow. And he trusts uh, Crowder. That's the throw you make in the NFL. That's a good throw. It just didn't connect. That's fine. Moving on, I got five more plays of him. Uh, Donald stare down, underthrow Griffin, PI. Oh, okay, yeah. You have uh, Perryman up top, who again stems outside, hop step that he uses so frequently. Right there at that foot, or just throws off the timing. Gets to the outside in a hurry. Again, just speed. If you're not going to get hands on Perryman, um, which I should actually hold on. Let me let me edit my thing real quick. Perryman, that's play. This is what is this? This is how I usually do my stuff. Twenty four of this game, so fourteen twenty four. Fourteen twenty four. Edit my notes. I put that in a Perryman review because it's actually a good route. Um, again, stem outside, hop step take the outside that Griff, that Griffin gave him and look in the NFL again, this is open, completely open. Now Donald needs to put more velocity on this to the front corner of the pylon. Um, he floats it a little bit too much. In my opinion, I want, I want to see him um, laser that in, in there a little bit more because you see how Perryman has to slow down for it. You don't want guys to slow down, especially if a safety breaking to it. Um, obviously if the guy is, is, is stacked or they're hip to hip, um, and he doesn't have room to run vertical. You put it back shoulder so he could he could take advantage of the space at the sideline. But when he's going to win deep like this, you definitely, um, especially with the safety coming, you want to put it on a line a little bit more. Um, he floats it a little bit too much. And again, you have Perryman who has to gear down for it. And then you have, again, uh, another pretty obvious pass interference call that is not called. Um, offensive line does a good job. Good Again, Becton. His hands, oh, they land high. Like, and I know he's taller, so it's a work. It's it'd be a little bit harder for him. But his hands do have a tendency to land, you know, neck to the face mask area, which again you have less control of. We we spoke we spoke about why, so I'm not going to rehash all of that um, right now. But overall, again, really clean pocket, right? Like that's a that's that's a hell of a pocket. Throws the ball um, again. Terrible. The footwork is not good. You can see that this foot is pointing more towards the sideline. His hallway is pointed here. His shoulders are pointed too. His body's not in a line at all. You want his body to be in a line. Pointed forward, pointed to the sideline, and pointed diagonally. This is terrible um, mechanics. A little bit of a wind-up too. So that's He still releases the ball pretty quickly. And I'll show it from the other view again. Good hop step by Perriman. Gets outside. This is beating the NFL. He beat him. If the ball is on a is on is on a rope and leading him, he doesn't have to gear down. As long as he doesn't drop it, it's a touchdown. 
and you have Griffin who again does not look back at the ball and literally just jumps into Perryman and wraps him up and does not allow his hands to go up. But this is not a pass interference. That's just that's not a pass interference. I, I, I don't know how. That's that's absolutely brutal. Two pass well one defensive pass interference that's not called on the on on uh, the Seahawks and another defensive pass interference that's not called on the Seahawks. And then you have I recorded this because I absolutely hate this shit. When you know you just committed a PI, when you know you just burned deep, and you have defensive backs celebrating, that is my one of my worst. I, if I was a coach, I'd be like, yo, you were just beat here. Like seriously, you're your DB coach, like yo, you just got roasted. And you and you clearly committed a PI and you're dancing like they act like a professional. I I do not like it. And I'm going to go over some Jets who did this shit later in the game too. Even more embarrassing because you're getting blown out. Like j- just oh oh my god, that nothing bothers me more. But how this is not a PI um, in what world? I do not know. With the ref standing right there, brutal, brutal. No PI, and I want the Jets to lose. But that stuff's just frustrating to watch. How how much. Um, how inconsistent um, the refs are in the NFL is 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 mind-boggling, absolutely mind-boggling. And then we'll show one. We'll show a couple later too. The Jets, the Jets got called on them, but not even close as bad as two I sh- I showed in this in the last couple of minutes. Donald terrible throw back then. Okay. <laughs> Again, so. If Crowder on a slant stems outside, gets his gets his guy to um, not even really necessarily open up his hips, but his guy starts getting into a backpedal and he gives him room to break inside. Uh, not really the, the best DB play right here at that point. Breaks inside, but the DB does a good job staying high, playing to the near shoulder, cutting it off or or matching it at least. And you have the DB who is literally blanketing this this slant. Is high and blanking. It's it's not like he's he's having to make up ground to Crowder here. Like he, even though I don't like him backpedaling, he did stay square and he and he had a good, he took a good angle to the slant. Darnold sees this. This is what he sees. This guy getting he, he's getting mugged and it's not. And listen, now if this is a throw to Denzel Mims, if this is a throw even to Perryman, where you could you could lead him, they could box him out a little bit, use their size. I get it more. But when you have a five nine slot receiver, um. And you have a guy getting mugged and you're trying to force it to him, which at this point, Crowder does not think there's any chance that Donald's going to throw. He's going to try to cut it vertical um, to try to adjust his route. But Donald throws it after the guy's getting mugged and a dropped pick. That, that's, that's easily two picks that should have been in this game. Again, reads left, reads right. He's looking at it the entire time, looking at it, looking at it, looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. Sees, again, this a little bit earlier. I don't know if my, my screen is in your guys' way right there. I don't know if I, if only I see that or not. I moved it regardless. But again, sees this with with the DB looking back at him, and throws the ball. And not not only does he well, he tries to fit in a window, but this is terrible. You cannot throw that ball, man. He's listen. I I get that you know him going to a new coach and all this stuff can help him out, but uh, I don't know how much. I don't know how much new coach is going to do that. He just—he's super—he's—he's he's, he's like a—he's another version of Jameis Winston. He really is. He has a natural ability. He can make some beautiful throws and a beautiful windows, but then he just has mental lapses. You can just not have as an NFL quarterback. The footwork, the mechanics—that's uh, th- rare to fix. That I, I rarely see guys who have bad footwork in the NFL have good technique. 
um, in the in the NFL, but or, or yeah, kind of turn. I don't, th- I don't see guys turn that around a lot. I I've rarely seen that happen. Donald no shot third and seven. Okay, um, this is one of the scenarios where I say that he doesn't have help, and this is again a situation where the Seahawks have mostly been blitzing. They send one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys versus your six blockers. Or sorry, is that seven blockers? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, you have seven blockers, but you still send seven guys. Cover one. You want to get the ball out quick. What is what is especially especially Gase, who knows Donald has a problem when he starts getting blitzed and starts like dropping his head. Um, especially recently, um, taking sacks, things like that. And this is the, these are the route concepts you run a, 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 a deep comeback of a seven route and another seven route, three deep routes, seven step drop type routes on third and seven with nothing breaking across the middle, nothing. Terrible route concept for, for man coverage, especially for a blitz. And Darnold can't throw any one of these passes. There's, there's nothing to throw right here. Like, what is he going to throw? He's not even getting out of his break yet. He could have thrown this if he had another second. But guess what? It's a blitz. Get sacked. Again, these are plays that, that that's not Darnold's fault. This sack is not Darnold's fault. It's, it's a large part of Elfline's problem, where again he 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 retreats too much, and he allows he allows guys to penetrate way too much. Like he doesn't he doesn't stand guys out and string them out and assist on on um on stunts and loops. He lets guys get way too deep before he picks them up. So it gets too deep. Beckton's not able to really get in front of it. He overcommits to it. He's not gonna. He doesn't stay square. Now this guy's gonna loop inside and and get right to Donald. It's a combination of these two guys. Terrible stump pickup by Elfline. And so it is so funny. And it's what I talk about all the time. You see one bigger, bigger guy tweet out a couple of good plays of Elfline in the, in the blocking game. And then every single person in Jetsland is talking about, oh, Elfline might be back as a starter next year. Not realizing that in that, in that same game, he had a couple of good run blocks. He was also absolutely dreadful. And pass protection. So that's exactly what we want for for a, a new quarterback, a guy who got cut from a from a team with not the best offensive line, who is highly um, like not, I don't know the word is flammable type player, where he's like okay, good a good few plays in run game, and then will absolutely blow a few plays in run game. He's one of those players who can make five good blocks in a game and have them be highlight blocks, but then the other thirty five blocks in that game are dreadful. So um, no. Absolutely not. I am not. Elfline is not blocking for for Trevor Lawrence. No way. Or Justin Fields. Let's let's be honest. It's been one of those two guys at this point. It's not Donald. Maybe it's, you make uh, you can make an argument for Zach Wilson, but um, no, absolutely not. He's terrible. Thirty-five. I'd rather have Lewis than Elfline. Donald miss. Only got two more plays of Donald. Play action. It's not really sold again. Not sold really at all. Again, so he's trying to anticipate this window. Um, you have you have the crease concept right here. 
which is like a which is an inverted dig. I mean, an inverted mills concept. Where typically a mills, you have um, the inside run a uh, run a dig, and the outside run a post. The the crease is a is opposite of that. Um, they both kind of do the same thing, where they're carrying the middle of the field safety and then isolating the backs, the the the, the third, the deep third defender, um, who's going to play the outside leverage. Again, now you're giving the advantage on the dig. Um, so crease concept, and he's trying to throw the ball um, over the linebacker, but with a clean pocket, either throw it where it's supposed to be, or you know take an extra hitch and throw it to the receiver. But he puts it way too far inside right here. Because this is a ball you can throw, um, but you got to trust your receiver, and you just got to wait for the window to come. Um, and he tries to throw the ball actually too early right here. And if not too early, then he has to put it in, in the correct spot. Again, play action. That's it's it's not as bad as a sell as we ever seen, but it's not a good sell. Good job by Fant. Hands on, Beckton. Good job. Everybody does a good job right here. Again, really clean pocket. And again. The feet again. His foot is driving more to the left, more to the left straight in front of him, with his foot pointed the other way. His 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 feet are god awful. And what that, what that does too is it locks your hips. You're not allowing your body to fully to fully um step through your throw your, your hips can't rotate fully if you're hit if you're unless unless you have unless you're like triple jointed you, you can't rotate fully over it now it's becoming more of an arm throw you tend to miss when it's more arm you want it to be obviously full body throw the ball is way too far inside clearly miss throw so either either wait for him to clear this linebacker or put it more inside i mean i, I mean or put it more on him um one more play of Darnold. Uh, I just, okay. It's Darnold skip open. Yeah. This is just, it's, it's really simple things. This is like second and eight, I believe. Um, Darnold drops back. And this is how, like, this is how the Seahawks and other teams have shredded the jets. Just, just throw a bunch of seven, eight yard routes, attacking the linebackers and attacking spot dropping, which the jets always do just spread out the spot drops or just know where the spot drops are going to be turn around in the soft spot of the defense and just run a, a hitch, a stop, a curl, whatever. And again, situation like this. Oh, sorry. It's first and 10. I apologize. First and 10. You're reading the left side. You, you, you can see that this is going to be open. Why not just take this, just take this hit Herndon. You, you hit him. And now look, he turns forward and maybe it's a first down. Maybe it's not a first down. Maybe, maybe now it's second and three. Why he skips on this read is is beyond me. Why it's right there in front of your face. Skips um, has to has to has to run because a uh, fan gets owned. I will and again this is problem with fans forty five degree sets. His forty five degree sets. What you really want to do with a forty five degree set again is is split the defender with your outside foot and you're making a really hard edge. It, it's it's a little bit more risky because if he beats you, it's harder to recover. But you're making a really hard edge for the for the defender. But what Fant tends to do is get to the spot he needs to get to and then open. He always he does this a lot. Forty five degree set open. And what does that opening do? Guys anticipate it. Guys watch film. Now what happens when you open is typically your hands drop, his chest is open. So you, you see him get bull rushed a lot, not because of his, his lack of power. It's because of his, his momentum throwing himself backwards um, or kind of to the side um, with, his, with, with his chest open. He gets bull rushed a lot. 
if you have a really good guy, he's going to, to, to rush up the arc, plant hard, and cross your face right to the inside. Here, that's, that's what happens. Guy, guy uh, clubs him. Fant is off balance now because obviously he's, he's trying to have to throw his momentum completely around. He's off balance trying to get back inside. Club, another club, and gets completely thrown out of the way. Again, this is because of his feet. This is all feet right here. It's nothing to do with power. He didn't get dominated there by power. It's because he's off balance because of his feet. Gets completely tossed. Um, not a good play by Fan. He, he needs to learn vertical sets. He needs to learn jump sets. That's all he does is 45-degree set. And guys can plan for that. Um, I have these guys on, like, I, I gave them their own, like, categories of, uh, of bad. And I'll, I will show those plays. Um, but... I gave the defense in, in, in totality the number two dud of the game. They were embarrassing. Uh, 40 points. Um, if the Seahawks wanted to, they could have scored 60 uh, pretty easily. They, they, took, they took out Russell Wilson well, with a minute left in the third quarter. Um, if they were trying to put it on the Jets in the, in the fourth quarter or even throughout the game, who's to say they couldn't have put up another two, three touchdowns? The, the defense wasn't embarrassing. Embarrassingly bad. Um, and I have plenty of like miscellaneous plays that will show that. Um, which I should show those now, but I'll show them in a little bit just because they're down the list. Um, that was bad. Number one dot of the game, as always, Adam Gase. Um, the one egregious thing they did this game was right before halftime. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this guy. I really don't. But the fact that he gets the ball down to the 30-yard line right before half with 10 seconds left, okay, 30-yard line, 10 seconds left. Guess what? Now you can take a shot to the end zone. You can run a, you can, you can run a slant. You can run a post. You can run a dig, whatever it may be. Get to the 15, get to the 10, whatever it may be. Give the field goal kicker a really easy shot to, to make the field goal. You practice these situations. You always hear in, in practice the four-minute drill, the two-minute drill, all this stuff. Um, what do the Jets do? They get down to the 30-yard line after um, a kick return or whatever it was, a play. I forget, I, I forget exactly. I get down to the 30. Great job. They get down to the 30. The clock has stopped. Great. Now let's get that 15, 10 yards to make it easier on the field goal kicker, uh, go into the half in a better situation. What do the Jets do? because of the Jets, because of the Adam Gase coach Jets. They almost get a delay of game enough to call a timeout. <laughs> now you're sitting there with no timeouts at the 30-yard line, and now all you can do is run a route out of bounds to Crowder. I think it was to Crowder for like three yards. And now it's a now it's a fifty or, or sorry a forty four yard field goal instead of making instead of getting fifteen yards and you know making it a thirty two yard field goal like just such a bad mistake has a burn timeout at the end of the half because you didn't guys didn't have a play ready um, and you're gonna get a delay of game just absolutely embarrassing just I was like watching I was like what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing timeout like wow just just wow um, my number three stud of the game. It was one really awesome play, but I'll, I'll give it to Marcus May. Um, I think he's been a little bit more volatile or volatile, volatile than people think he has been this season. Um, you know, top. I think he's a top half free safety. I, I'm not going to say he's top ten. I think he's probably in that twelve to fifteen range. But that's still a solid safety. I would like to have him back next year. Um, will he come back? I have no idea. The guy has been losing for the first four years of his career. Is he really going to want to come back? Maybe not. If if you were a Jets player, would you want to come back? I'm going to say no, depending on the money, but, um, cover two defense. And it's so funny too, that like on this play, you have bless Austin who doesn't look to be reading two to one. If, if this was a trap or if this was like two read, he would have read the number two 
um, and jump the number two. That's not what happens. He's just playing a typical curl flat. And because his eyes go back, um, the, the receiver's eyes go back, plus Austin's eyes go back, and he completely loses the receiver. And he just depends on the pass off. Oh, yeah, just pass it off. He is so bad. Bless Austin is a terrible corner. Um, Lamar Jackson, I think he's played better than him. Um, and I, I think he's fighting for a roster spot next year. I, I really do. And I'm not just saying that because of whatever. I, I think he's dreadful. He makes a hit once or twice on broadcast and people think he's great. But then they don't talk about the other three tackles he misses and the, and the plays he blows um, consistently in coverage. He, he is, he's dreadful. Again, the, 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 the Chiefs game, he should have gave up two touchdowns. Uh, the Bills game, he should have gave up two touchdowns. Um, he's a joke. And I don't like his attitude that he has. And we'll talk about that later when I go to his film. But um, he, he, you know, no reroute, no nothing. He could have matched this guy easily. It wasn't too read or anything like that. He's not reading the two at all right here. Um, Marcus May, good job staying over these route concepts or staying over the route concept, staying patient over the top, not dropping on anything. Takes a good angle to cut off Metcalf. Uh, you have Russell Wilson rolls out to the left, his left side, throws it to Metcalf. Really good job by Marcus May. Again, just cutting off the route, getting contact, and obviously fantastic uh, body control, um, concentration, just athleticism right here to 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 pick that ball off. Um, you have a little bit of a gap exchange right here where he's an angle into the A and he's going to blitz the A or the B. Um, oh, okay, that's why there's a blitz. So they're both they're they're trying to part the Red Sea right here with for the A gap for the Stupor to come in. Um, that's why that happens. Good job by John Flanker Myers, who gets um who just who just beats this guy with power, just gets his hands inside and just and obviously um wins the wins the A gap and almost gets to Wilson. Wilson feels it. Good pocket awareness by Wilson. Poise continues to roll out, getting chased. Lofts the ball up, not the best decision right here. He's tr he's trusting his you know massive wide receiver, but really good job by May to cut that off, get contact, track the ball, and obviously the pick is is fantastic. So we'll just play that a couple times in uh in stone motion. That's that's one of the best picks of the year. Um, this is the butt interception. I think the butt interception probably took more um, concentration. And I I think that was again. I think that was Bless Austin who almost knocked it away from from Marcus May that that second part of that pick was almost more impressive than the first part for that button reception. Um, but, Oh, what did I just do? I just, did I, did I show the play of Adam Gase? I want to shot. I want, I didn't want to, I wanted to show one. Oh yeah. Okay. This is for the Adam Gase one. Sorry. That was, that was the Marcus May part. I put this play up. I didn't realize I, I even had this play, but this is um, another one of those concepts, which is the one, the one I showed before, Again, in the scenario, made no sense. Third and seven, and, and what he's trying to do um, here, it's third and ten. It's third and ten, third and eleven, and look how deep these routes are. All of them, well, minus the dig, but he has no shot. They blitz everybody. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Cover one, and the the routes are are all so deep again. Covered, covered. You know this could be thrown, uh, thrown, but it it would have to be a quick throw uh, or not a quick throw. He'd have to have more time in the pocket. But they send seven, like some overs, some some meshes. Like he just he runs the routes so deep, and Donald gets sacked. Like this is again two sacks that were not Donald's fault. Last one I showed, last game I showed where Barrios was open over the middle, it was Donald's fault. These the last couple plays I'm showing, this isn't his fault. What, what is he supposed to do right here? 
there's there's nothing. So again, it's a combination of Darnold not helping himself, the coaches not helping him, the offensive line um, this year a lot better. Again, still not great. It's 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 below average, but it's still much better. Um, the receiving weapons haven't been healthy, so there's there's plenty of problems. But again, I'm not absolving Darnold of blame. I'm putting a lot of blame on Darnold. Um, moving on past Marcus May. Uh, Quinn Williams, he, he wasn't going to have the stats this game. He never was. Um, the Seahawks got rid of the ball so damn fast that there was no shot um, on a lot of these plays that I that I watched. Uh, Russell Wilson got to the bottom of his three- to five-step drop, whatever it was, and just released the ball. Um, and the Seahawks really did a good job in the run game specifically of really attacking the guys in the second on the, on the first level with combo blocks and then working up to the linebackers and putting a lot of more onus on the linebackers um, so they really attacked the first level. That's that's why they ran really well this game. Um, a lot of a lot of misdirection, a lot of uh, down blocking. They put their guys in really good, um, you know, positions. So Q four I right here sees the block coming, dents the post again. You have the post. You have the high leg. The high leg is the one who chips him and then releases to the second level. The post is who's going to overtake the block. He sees it coming, lowers his helmet to the post, gets his hand inside. Extends, eyes on the running back, works laterally, works laterally, and just continues to work to, to the uh, to the running back. So good technique getting his hand inside, good eyes, and then just again knowing where the run, knowing where the run is coming, especially with with the postman coming inside on him and the running back being um, to the left side of the quarterback. The run is going to go um, inside right here, unless it's a really long developing um, you know counter play. Q gets the run stop. I think it went for like three, four yards there, but still, good job by Q. 16, 25. Stuff first trap. Right here, 2i. They try to trap him. This, uh, the right guard's a little bit too slow off the ball. He better get there quick. If Quentin Williams is going to recognize that because he does have good straight line speed and burst. Um, Q realizes he's not getting blocked. Realizes the trap is coming. Kind of reduces that shoulder a little bit. Throws the rip. You see him just slightly reduce. Kind of put himself in a position to absorb that block. Rips. Chases down the, the running back and uh, gets, the, gets the run stuff. Another good job. Uh, Q quick win. This is not the best feat, I believe, by the by the. I think it's the left card. Or the center, sorry. It is the center. One step up field. The center cheats too far inside. Um, I'm guessing he's anticipating uh, like an overlap technique or whatever it may be by the left card. Um, but because he sees Basham, he's going to stay a little bit more wide. His feet get stalled a little bit inside. Q attacks half the man. Double swipe that lands. Good hands. Paired with the step through. Hands, feet. Step through as you swipe. Now you're on an even level with them. You you won the hip battle. And he gets the again, but look, this is exactly what I talked about. Snap. One, two, throw. How are you ever going to get there? So yeah, the the pressures, the sacks, the hits are not going to be there, even though I'm sure that's a pressure or maybe even a hit to get his hand on them. 
but look how open Metcalf is. It's just terrible. Um, but really quick win for Q and he gets the, uh, I believe that would be labeled a hit. I don't, I don't do the stat stuff, but, um, it's probably what it is. Q Fadakasi. This is a play for both of them. Run stuff. Uh, one tech, three tech, lose three. Again, I like his awareness of who's coming to block him. There's some guys like last year he was swimming a little bit more where he would just kind of he would kind of burst forward and let guys hang let let guys get their hands on first last year. Um, now he he will burst forward, but he notices whether it be high leg, post leg. He notices guys. He notices reach blocks, down blocks. Like he notices the running schemes more, trap blocks, wham blocks. Like he notices what's coming. Again, notices the block coming, tight elbows, hands inside, good leverage, nice and linear. Working up through the guy. Nice tight elbows. Going to lift him up. Good job. Extends. Eyes into the backfield. Just look at this. this look at look at this oh shit face from this 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 uh this left guard. He is screwed. <laughs> He's just getting dominated. Q uh and and the, and the, this is the reason the, the the run stuff works. They run this they, they run this mid outside zone, and obviously you know not the easiest block for this for this uh, for the guard to make. I don't I don't know what their line system is predicated on for zone blocks. There's more guys who let guys run where they're running, or if you're aiming for that for that B gap, like he has to reach him. Um, obviously, different O line coaches have different philosophies. Um, but with his track going wide, uh, Q pushes this guy so far into the backfield that the running back's track is kind of screwed. He needs to bounce it so far outside. Um, Basham does a nice job of holding up too. Q pushes this guy all the way into the backfield. Fido Kasi chasing him down for the, for the tackle for loss. Um, Fido Kasi feels the, feels the zone steps too and, and, and angles off toward that side. Um, I'm not sure if he's just trying to like with a cutoff block, like just ass block him basically. Coaches will call that an ass block. Um, but this the the right guard is lost. And Fadokashi just chased him down. Not a good play by the right guard. Um but good job by a couple of those guys on that play. Three more plays of them or of Q. 33, 36. All right, key run stuff. Two I. Left guard shuffles inside again. Really similar hands, tight elbows, linear. It's he, he's been doing that stuff a lot this year. It's perfect. Eyes in the backfield. You can see him peek around right here. Peek around. Again, eyes are still fine on the running back. Seeing if he's going to cut it, cutting back, seeing the, the seeing the mesh point, seeing what it is. Sees the running back uh, have the ball at the mesh point. Again, looks at the mesh point, sees it. Again, because of that extension, he gives himself room to work laterally. If they were tighter, he wouldn't be able to. Good extension, finds the running back, continues to work his hands to keep this uh, the the uh, the left guard off of him. Run stuff. He had a really good game. Like again, this is a good, uh, this is a solid game from him. And for for his solid game being a a more quiet game, really positive. Um, he's not going to be this quiet. Other games, 
obviously we know that we've seen that the last couple of weeks. We see that in the Niners team, he's he's a top tier D tackle now. Q run stuff two I. Again, really similar. Feels the center. He he lands his hands on first really frequently. Lands his hand on first, extends, sees the running back, sees the track. The the, tr his, the running back's track is going inside of him. He's going to extend, work off the instep of the right foot. And I love I I love the D, when D Lyman um, get a wide base, work off the instep drop their hips and and uh and jerk guys sees the running back cut back wide base work off the instep jerk pull or run stuff terrible game but some of the young guys played decently Uh, Q run stuff again, a lot of run stuff. It's not much in the past game. Again, the, the Seahawks just got rid of the ball so quickly. Um, that and a lot of play actions and things like that is hard, is hard. And you did see Q loop again this game. I didn't really see much differences in the way Frank Bush used him, but step up field, post high, hands in the post, extension, trying to extend, but he's nice and low, We're winning that leverage battle. Eyes on the running back. As the running back gets to his level, he just continues to shuffle, work to the gap he's cutting towards, get an arm free, run stuff. Pretty good game, I'm going to say. Next stud. Um, again, none of these guys were like truly like great this game. I'd probably put Q above the next person I'm going to put, but Becton is my number one. Um, only got four plays of him. Some of the other plays I will show of him. The technique, I still want to see it improve, um, but overall, still... Pretty good game. Um, like plays like this, um, the, the Jets run a mid-outside zone again. Again, he's worried about the edge right here. And he steps toward the edge. Zero step, works to the edge. You can see his eyes on the edge right there. And then his eyes go to Adams. Um, I would like to see him focus on his threat a little bit more right here. The only, the only issue I have with him on this play is because he gets jolted back right here, it's, it's the, 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 the B gap is not as defined for the running back whereas if he kept his eyes on the threat right here landed his left and really drove him outside before he got jolted back you see how he, he kind of his eyes are not where they're supposed to be gets jolted back and then pushes this guy i want to see his eyes focusing the entire time because he'll, he'll kick this guy out a lot sooner than he does and because that happens this b gap is reduced um and it forces the cutback now obviously with a more athletic running back the running back's going to see that and be able to plant his foot in the ground and burst up field um and take advantage of this a gap but again frank Gore is not the most athletic guy so it's going to take him a couple steps to, to drop his weight and get inside but um becton does do a good job after that point again keeping contact with the with the rib um maintaining that contact running him outside and then finishing his block right there and throwing a guy to the ground but again, this is one of those plays you'll see on Twitter. Oh my God, great play. There's nothing wrong with this play. This is elite. Good play, but it could have been improved without this. Now that B, that, 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 that B gap is really reduced for the running back. So I want to see it improved a little bit, but overall still a plus play. Five, seven, 30. Yeah. Uh, Beckton block, Perryman, Donald can't connect. Uh, this is the dig on the top. 
Darnold throws it a little bit too far inside. I think and Perryman drops it. Yep, again, Darnold drops back and reads left the entire time. Trust Perryman to win inside, which I'm okay with. Again, you know, the, the, the corner's playing over the top. Perryman does a good job pushing off the top of the route. Darnold just puts it a little bit too far inside. Again, it it almost, and I'm not sure if it's because of the contact. This is something that's like a 50-50 thing. It could have been either the contact that slowed Perryman down in his break or Perryman just didn't throw, think Darnold was going to throw this ball, but you could see he kind of he gears down um, for just a second, like right here. And then he's adjust to it. So Darnold puts it a little bit too far inside, but Perryman also did gear down a little bit, but because, again, it could have been because of that contact. Really hard catch for Perryman to make, but um, let's see Becton. Drag hand, just protecting that B gap. Again, not not he's leaning a little bit into that punch, just a tiny, tiny bit, just a tiny bit lean. But again, good job landing it. And at this point, when you're reaching a little bit, he doesn't want he doesn't want to continue to reach for that for that contact because then he's off balance. Um, especially the left hand, because now your arms, your, now your hips are going to be a little bit locked inside. So you want to replace that with your right hand and exactly what he does, land it. And you know that a lot of defensive linemen, outside linebackers, et cetera, are going to try to swat that away. So precautionary, alternate, uh, he alternates the hands, left, right onto the shoulder, carries him up the arc. Again, Donald puts it a little bit too far inside. Perriman, it's so funny. Like people were all hyped up on Twitter about Perryman for for three, four weeks, especially during the Patriots games and all those other games. He has two drops this game, and now it's oh, we cut him. He's he's a terrible wide receiver. People are so far to one side and, and so um, reactionary. Look at this catch. Like, yeah, should he have caught that? Yes. Is this an easy catch? Did he drop a ball that's right in his chest? No. That's that's a really freaking hard catch. Let's be honest. You know, so people are crazy, man. They really are. Um, okay, two more plays of Beckton. All right. Beckton block. This is pretty simple. He 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 goes to set versus the edge. The edge drops into coverage. Look at the look at, it looks like the edge is, is walling. He's in a wall technique where he's gonna follow the eyes. And anything that crossing the middle, he's just going to jam it five yards from the line of scrimmage. It's look like that is what he's doing. Um, but again, Beckton sees him dropping the coverage. That's his threat. Now his eyes. Now his threat. Now his eyes go to the to the loose three. Lands his hands on the loose three. Left hand into the ribs. Extends. And if you're not going to have your full power going into Beckton, and he's coming at that secondary hit to you, and uh, hammers you like this, plows. Uh, hammers and plows are a little bit different to me. Hammers a full commit. I mean, hammer's a half com or like kind of a half commit. We're gonna say square plow is just completely throwing your guy. Um, hammer plow, whatever, it doesn't really matter here. Lands his hands and throws the edge rusher. Finishes the block. Donald hits Crowder. Thirty was the last one. All right. Beckton block. Uh, oops, sorry. You have the deuce block between the deuce combo between him and the guard. He's going to be the high leg. The guard's going to take over. Um, so he's going to take like that near step with the right foot, I believe. Let's see. Yep, the near step. 
And again, he's so powerful. He's, he's allowed to do this stuff, but lands the right hand to the shoulder while staying square to the second level, to the Mike backer. You have the, the, the zone lead. So the, the fullback Wesco don't say it's a tight end. He's a tight end in this scenario. He's a fullback. He's going to lead to the, to the, uh, to the sand backer. Um, he's going to work to the mic on the, on the combo hand inside square eyes to the mic. And what he's doing right here is obviously creating pressure, throwing him inside, allowing the postman to get, to get positional leverage to that play side, which is exactly what happens. Now he's winning. Eyes still on the second level. Gets his hands on Wagner. I think that's Wagner. Yeah, Wagner. And literally, again, throws him outside. Run doesn't work for other reasons, but good job by Becton. Or did it wasn't it wasn't a run stuff, right? That kind of they only got a you know three four yards. All right, moving on from that. Um, the bad from the offense. I don't have a ton in here. Uh, Andrews was bad. Elfline was bad. Uh, Fant I put in the bad. He had a couple of meh plays. You saw him already get tossed, and and that one play I showed. Um, I have two more plays of him that are bad. Um, this play, I believe, it's a play action. This is the play action play. Yeah, okay. So Fant, knowing the situation, you have play action to the right side, to 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 Fant's right. Everybody's sliding on that play action. If this D end is reading, if he's reading the run and he's playing that run, where is he going to try to beat you? To where the running back is going. So Fant has to maintain more of an outside in relationship. He he slides down. He gets way too lateral, and he allows the guy to beat him on the edge. It's really that simple. He needs he needs to cheat a little bit outside because listen, he has help. This guy's throwing double drags. He has or double checks, whatever you want to call them, double drags. Um, he has help inside on this B gap. He needs again outside in, not inside out. He gets way too lateral. Club arm over, and pressure on Darnold. That Darnold escapes. But these are two plays where, where, where Fant is – and again, I, I still think he's about average, probably a little bit below average, but for expectations, I was hiring on the most, and I think he's delivered on my expectations. I thought he would be in that, in that you know, 17 to 23 range, and I think that's about where he is. Um, people thought he was going to be an absolute bust. He's not as a signing. He might be here next year. We'll see. It depends on what checks out in free agency. People ask me, oh, well, if they get a guy who's a top 10 right tackle in free agency, do you sign him? Hell yeah, I sign him. Why would I not sign him? I always want to upgrade the offensive line. The offensive line is the second most important position behind the quarterback. It protects your, your most important a- asset, especially when it's going to be a young guy. You want you want the Jets to have a top ten offensive line next year. And listen, if they, even if they keep Fant, you have you always on offensive lines. You typically have one guy like average ish, maybe even two, but you want three guys who are upper tier. And if the Jets, you know, if McGovern keeps the, developing the way he is because he's been playing better, if you have McGovern Beckton. And then you add a guard in the first, second round, let's say the second or even third round, compete with Clark, and then you have um, that guy compete with Clark, and then you sign, a two, let's say, a Tooney or a Sheriff. If your line next year is 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 Becton, uh, um, Becton, Tooney, um, McGovern, and then at right guard, you either have Clark or a second, you know, a second round rookie, and then Fant, that's, 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 a, that's a top 10-ish unit. I, I think it is. Because I think I think uh, McGovern's been playing like a like a plus starter. You have Tooney, who's one of the best guards in the NFL. You have Becton, who next, especially next year is going to be one of the best left tackles in the NFL. So that's three plus starters, and you have two guys who might be average on the right side. 
that's that's a that's a much better thing. And then next year you continue to address the line. Like that's fine. But I'm excited for the line's future. Um, bad job by fan getting too lateral. Club arm over. Pressure on Donald, um, who rolls out. I believe he throws the ball away. Yeah, throws the ball away, which is a good decision. One more play of him. Twenty-three. Fant laps. Yeah, um, I'm going to assume this is him. I'm, I'm very, sh- I'm, I'm pretty damn sure this is him. Um, when you have this crack toss, he cracks. These guys pull. Um, they're blocking anything that's that's threatening in the arc. And Fant angles outside. You have the, you have the receiver who skips on him to go to the safety. You have this. Um, Receiver 16, which I believe is Smith, right? Yeah, Jeff Smith worked to Adams. And you have Fant, who eyes are outside and completely skips on this linebacker. I have no idea why um, he does, but he does. And it's a tackle for loss. Um, I have no idea why he skipped this. He, like, he sees the receiver releasing outside of him. I don't, I don't know what happens there. Uh, mental lapse and tackle for loss. Not a good game from Fant. Uh, Perriman two drops this game again. I don't. I don't think one a guy having two drops this game is going to, you know, uh, makes makes him bad receiver now. Again, people are just so reactionary to one game. I guarantee next game if he has you know a, a touchdown and 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 eighty ninety yards, we'll be like, oh my god, Perriman should be back next year as a two. And then the next game after that, he'll have a drop and be like, no, they should cut him. <laughs> like it's just start writing writing. I should start saving things that people say as soon as you send out how many how much time they flip-flop their opinions another crease concept um crease dependent could be you could you could do it in a couple of ways where it's like the seam post you can have a post you can have a you can have a dig depending on the coverage still a crease concept um Donald does a good job. Play action. Looks like it's sold a little bit better. Climb away from pressure. Trust Perriman to win underneath. Perriman wins underneath. Good job by Perriman stopping. Um, uses the push by with the right arm. Again, guys working over the top. He's going to work underneath. Stops. Right arm comes to the back to push him forward to get underneath. Breaks inside of him. Hands catch. Pulls in for, for a decent chunk. Uh, McGovern, nice block right here too. Um, he knows that he's carrying this guy because the uh, the running back carrying out the fake is in a block inside out. So he's not threatened by 56. McGovern quickly is able to land his right into, or his left into the chest. Zero tick swats high, hits him in the face mask. McGovern maintains a contact with his left hand, widening the, the nose tackle. Widens, widens, widens. Now the nose the nose tackle commits that a gap. You're gonna have McGovern who lands his right hand onto the hip and completely drive him out of the play. He completely erases that guy right there. Really, really good job by McGovern. Good job by Donald. Play action, step up, nice velocity in that ball. Good spot in the ball. Good read, trusting his receiver. Good play by Donald McGovern and Perriman. Um. This is a drop that he had. I showed the other drop he had before that was quite a difficult catch, but still. 
overall, pocket's a little bit murky, but not really. Not the best throw from Donald right here. Again, he just, his feet are not correct. Look at the shoulders are more pointed to where the ball wants to go, but his foot, his back foot gets locked. Back foot is throwing straight where again, you want to lead your guys. So the back foot should be more here. The front foot is they're going straight. You want to go more here. Like it's footwork's not good at all. Throws the ball. I would say a little bit more far outside than it wants to be, but this is a play that Perriman needs to make 10 times out of 10. Drops it. He actually has it to here. He actually has the ball right here. And then the guy lands on top of him and it kind of pops the ball out. But, um, it's obviously catching to make. You need to, you need to, you need to have. So, Paramount, I put him in the bad. But again, that last dig play I showed the the play with the hop separate one deep, or is a clear pass interference. Like if that's a touchdown, I, I guarantee you. If even with the drops, if that one play that was clearly a pass interference that Donald underthrew him was a touchdown, people would say it was a good game because of one play, because of one result, not because of processes. Austin, uh, bad from the defense. Uh, I put clown. Um, just an absolute joke to me the, the the way he acts on the football field. Um, the Jets are like down like 30 points. He makes a tackle on a hitch route. It's like a three yard route. He makes a tackle and then he walks towards the Seahawks sideline. He starts like shaking his head, like like oh you're not gonna get anything on me, dude. You're losing like 37 to three, and he's and he's celebrating. And then a few reps later, I believe on the same drive, he's involved in the tackle. He's not in the primary tackle. He's just involved in the tackle. He walks towards the Seahawks sideline, takes his helmet off. And then sticks his tongue out at the Seahawks sideline, and I, I'm almost I'm almost like ninety percent sure that's when the Jets were down thirty-seven to three, and he is after a tackle on a simple hitch, is shaking his helmet or shaking his head, and then just involved in a tackle and takes his helmet off and sticks his tongue out at a team who is whooping your ass, embarrassing. And I was embarrassed by him the other day in terms of like being a Jets fan. Like other like, like other fans watching him, like dude, who is this guy who thinks he's a tough guy? And he tries to act like a tough guy. He does. I, I don't like his attitude at all. I am not a Buzz Austin fan. Um, Lange and Hewitt in the run and pass game were both dreadful. Um, terrible in the run game. They'll make a few a highlight player too. But other than that, on a snap-to-snap basis, they are not good at filling gaps, defeating blocks, things like that. Uh, Hewitt's better than Lange at that, but Lange gets washed out of a ton of plays. Um, Hall I put in the bed. Um, not his best game. He's been struggling the last couple of weeks, but again, he's a fifth round guy who hasn't played in a year. I'm expecting him to struggle, but I still think he's in the next going to next year, full training camp, all that stuff. Right now, he's the best Jets cornerback. He is. I, I, I think it's pretty easy. Um, beat for a touchdown here. No man's land. Eyes are high. In the red zone, especially, you really want to make difficult throws for the quarterback. Um, a lot of teams you run a run crossing routes um, in the red zone. So if anything, you want to cheat inside a little bit, and especially because if you do cheat inside, because the field is reduced to the outside, you don't have a really a lot of space. It's it's oops, sorry. You have a really tight window to throw. So if you're going to cheat inside and then make them run the fade, the fade route's not an easy ball to throw. Even though Russell Wilson's really good at it, you're still reducing the field. Where if you let him cut inside of you, he's gonna have a ton of room to 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 to, uh, to run to beat you. So you want to cheat inside. Um, and press them and make them go outside and make it a reduced field with a harder throw. So his, his, um, hold on a second.
Um, yeah, so his alignment's not good. Again, playing too far off. I don't like that his hands are dropped right here. And what happens, um, you have Metcalf who just st stems uh, towards him. Rocker, playing with the right. Hard fake, head fake with the left. Release outside. And he gets stuck because he's too high. Um, one, if you are going to play off, again, off and inside. And do not backpedal. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't condone playing off here regardless but if you are going to you have to cheat inside you cannot backpedal he backpedals his eyes look to be high because he falls hard for that head fake ankles get a little bit broken release outside uh, wide open catch so bad from alignment bad from backpedaling his eyes his hands um, not the best play from from hole in the goal line right there touchdown uh 2027. 20, Hall beat deep. Bomb the screen. He just, this is a situation where I like the fact that he's staying square, but he has a tenant and he's going to work on this stuff. The technique's going to come there again. He doesn't have a good DBs coach, in my opinion, in Denard Wilson, even though everybody uh, read one article from 2014 that said he was a good assistant coach. Now he's the best guy, even though he's done nothing with corners, in my opinion. Uh, every corner on the Jets has disappointed. Um, whether it be screen or maybe, well, maybe pool, pool and hall. But other than that, like Claiborne and, you know, uh, the seer and all these guys just like flame out real quick. I don't think he's a good coach in my opinion, especially watching how these guys play with opening their hips and playing off and not knowing where their eyes are supposed to be. Um, I'm not a big fan of how he teaches his game unless he just had that bit of talent where he's really not improved many people. But hall, I like that he's staying square. My problem here is, again, the receiver stems outside. What does he need to do now? He needs to shuffle. He needs to stay over top because when you don't and your feet get locked, you have a tendency to open your hips, and now you give guys um, you know, more free releases where you're not really pressing the stem. Again, stem outside, shuffle, get over the top, get hands on, then match. He backpedals, opens his hips, and now this receiver has the outside because you're giving him that gate. You're, you're opening that gate for him. Opens. Receiver takes it. Hall is a decent athlete, but he's not a burner. He's he's a, he's a mediocre athlete. So he's going to win with physicality, size, and smarts. So he has to, again, the, the physicality and the smarts right there is him shuffling, getting his hands on. Guy outruns him. Um, Russell Wilson throws an absolutely beautiful, beautiful. His deep ball is the prettiest in the NFL. It is amazing how good he throws his balls deep. <laughs> uh, just think of how I said that, but really, really good deep ball. And the way he drops it in there and lets his guys see it and adjust to it because of how high of an arc it comes from is, is amazing, in my opinion. Like, look at that ball. Perfect. In the bread basket, and this guy drops it. So, uh, Hall has the oh shit face. He's thankful that he dropped that, but still. It's little things. He doesn't get absolutely roasted like, like uh, Bless Austin does. Hall PI. This is the bullshit PI, in my opinion. Again, you saw the two on the Jets where the guy clearly comes in early, hits Barrios. You have Perriman who's open deep on the right sideline, and he literally gets like tackled. Um, not a PI. Hall playing off. Um, kick step right here. His weight goes a little bit back onto his heels, but it's still relatively balanced with his shoulders over his knees. So I'm fine with that. Little, little, just a little bit of an exaggerated kick step. Um, difference between false and kick. Again, you your feet tend to to move, so a lot of coaches will teach you a. a, a a taut false step called a kick step. Stay square, stay square, stay square. You have um, skip right here. You have a skip. Walks up on him. Again, another rocker. One, two. 
crossover. People call it a crossover. People call it a rocker. I call it a rocker. Skip, rocker, hard head fake. Hall stays pretty square, gets his hands on. And freaking Metcalf grabs him because he's going for the he's going for the club arm over. Club arm over. And his hands on high. But he's literally great. Like, look at Metcalf hugging his head. And Hall just maintaining contact. Hands come off. His hands aren't even on him. He's getting mugged. And then he runs with him. Cuts him off. Good job turning his shoulder into him and, and, uh, and squeezing him to the sideline. And it's a pass interference on Hall. How is this a pass interference on Hall? I do not agree with that at all. He stayed square, got his hands on him because he didn't land the arm over. He's literally hugging him in his helmet. I think a really good job noticing where he is, field awareness. He's tied to the sideline, getting his hips, trying to find the ball. Like that's a good play by Hall. I don't give a shit. That is that is not a PI. Mugged. He got mugged. You gotta be allowed to play defense in the NFL. You, you, that, you, you, what are you gonna do? Um Fairly was bad this game. The edge rush is brutal. Nobody, nobody produced without Jordan Jenkins on the edge. Uh from Huff has been has been not I'm not gonna say disappointing because he's an undrafted guy, but He's been much more quiet since a couple of solid games. Uh, Basham is pretty quiet. Again, these are all backup type players. You need a true guy next year. Um, the miscellaneous plays from the defense. All right, continuing on with the uh, – listen to something real quick. Uh, the miscellaneous defensive plays, which are a lot. Which not a lot. I have like six of them. The Jets' defense blew so many coverages in this, in this game. And it's just a part of spot dropping. Um, I have no idea what they're trying to do right here. You have, you have cover three, um, but and I, I think Saber did a video on this. I'm going to do it really quickly, but this is why like pattern matching is important because if you have two guys, he's going to match the one. He's going to match the two. This is his first read. This is his second read, um, and if there's a three threat, he'd be reading him as well. Um, this, is his, this is his first read. This is his second read, but if, you're, if these guys continue vertical, you're going to carry them. That's basic, that's basic um, matching principles. They don't, they don't match. He stays inside. There's no two threat. If there was no two threat breaking out to you, you match the one. He doesn't do that. Um, so he gets, he gets free. Or sorry, he doesn't get free because Gadry comes over top of him. You have two guys releasing into the seam who are wide open. Literally two guys wide open because he gets stuck because nobody matches. He just, he just lets this guy run. And then you have um, these two guys who are just let free. Like you, you have almost three guys you can hit right here. If 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 Austin was pattern matching, he would stay with the one. If he was if well, he's dropping to the third, so he's not pattern matching. He would pattern match this guy. He would pattern match this guy. He would pattern match. He would pattern match. But no, what happens with the Jets? They all spot shop. He for whatever reason is a cloud corner and and just lets his guy free release behind him. I don't know why the, the Jets have to teach this because I see it happen, whether it be Austin or whoever else. This is the most frustrating shit I see. I don't know who's coaching these DBs to do this stuff. And if it's Denard Wilson, he should be he should be gone. He's not a good DB coach. Why in in the world is a cloud corner staying inside of a inside of the number one and not rerouting? Even if he was even if it was a even if it was a, a read where he was reading the two, if he's going to jump it for a trap, you want to get hands on to at least give the illusion to the quarterback that you're playing the one. So even if that it, even if that was the excuse, it's it's still a terrible excuse. Um, terrible. 
There are way too many guys open on this play. He's put in a shitty position because he could get beat by either one of these guys open. This would be open if he threw it open. Like, like what is going on with this defense? Just completely blown defense because of spot dropping. Terrible. And even with a spot drop, I don't know what the fuck they're trying to do. Oh, my God. Frustrating. And thank God uh, Frank Bush is not going to ruin the tank because, damn, this, this defense is absolutely brutal this game. I know it's the Seahawks, but the Giants just shit on them. Giants are they're, they're, they're a good, well-coached unit, but come on, man. Belondi, let's see what this is. Okay. What's the defense? I don't know. Man coverage? Is it man? Man, man, man? Like, Why is this guy completely free? Like, This is a play. I'll show Marcus this in the future. I guarantee you Marcus is not going to tell me what this is. What are they trying to do? This is the most open I've ever seen a receiver on literally a, a five-yard snag. This is their defense. I am almost 100% positive that 90 of 100 people in this position at the bottom of this drop would make this throw. Versus an NFL defense. Look at that. Brutal. I don't know what they're trying to do. Blown defense. There's no way it's not a blown defense. Moving on to more blown defenses. 29-31. Blown day. This is the worst defense I've seen all this, this, this whole season. I hope they continue to play like this. Again, I don't know if they tag. Where there's a tag between these two guys, or basically what that is, is this defensive lineman is going to be able to choose whether he goes A-gap or B-gap. And the, the um, linebackers have to work off of whatever gap he goes into. So I don't, I don't know if they're tagging the block right here. Um, or if there's just an exchange where it's like an automatic where he's going to shoot inside and he's supposed to play over the top. I'm not sure what's supposed to to happen right here because look at what happens. You have Hewitt who sees the handoff or should see the handoff and runs away from it. What? Oh, because Hewitt makes a couple of tackles and he has 10 tackles a game. He might have 100 tackles this year. He should be a starter. Why? Linebackers is a position where you're going to get tackles. You of course, and well, thankfully for my fantasy team playoffs, I'm a two play the one playoff league I'm in. I I'm, I was a top scoring team by over 100 points. I lost Dak Dak Prescott week one. I've I have had Drew Brees who's my backup for the last three, four, five weeks. Then I played Stafford, and I had Stafford versus whoever they're playing this week. Stafford gets hurt. Now I'm down to freaking Derek Carr, and I hate playing guys on Thursday nights. I will I rarely do it. So now my guy I'm playing I think is uh. Who the hell am I playing in that league? Like the, the worst look, like Breeze, Stafford, and Prescott. I had Prescott in two leagues too. It sucks. And now with that league too, by the way, or two two leagues I'm in the playoffs in, which I have one um uh, in like the conference championship for both of them. Both of them have Keenan Allen, and Keenan Allen's supposed to be on a reduced snap count this this game tonight, even if he does play. Um which I gotta check that in a minute because I don't see a, a Q by his name anymore. So maybe he is playing. On rep count. Like, do you start a guy who's on a rep count? Oh, God. Rep count Rep count reports have a tendency to go sideways in a hurry. I, I don't think I can start them. Fuck. Uh, that league, I'm, the one league I'm fine because I have a lot of depth. The other league, I'm starting. Oh, man. Okay, I got I to gotta look at that after this. I record this show. Um, but thankfully for that league. Um, I have Carson, and he played the Jets last week. And this, this, these little running lanes he runs through, parting the Red Sea. 
blown defense. There's no way it's not. Or just a completely blown read by Hewitt or or Zuniga. Mm. Three, three more plays of the blown defenses because there was a ton of them. Again, these are all embarrassing plays, in my opinion. Oh, sorry, 30. Another blown defense. You have zone coverage. You have Farley, who is supposed seemingly supposed to be playing cloud. He's supposed to you have, you have you have Hall, who's deep. You have uh, most likely supposed to be a cover three. You have he, him, who's deep third, deep third, deep third. He's going to pass this off and drop back if he were, if he were to go inside, but he doesn't. You have Farley, who gets completely sucked in by a ter- not, by not a good play action, and you have uh, Disley, who sifts underneath the formation. You can call that like bluffing, like he bluffs the block. Um, people call that bluffing, where it looks like it's a obviously a mid zone split, and then he releases into a route, so he bluffs the um, the edge defenders fairly or farly falls for it. Catch, touchdown. By the way, little I got a little ballsy last week. I put I think I put sixty five bucks on Disley to score a touchdown and the Seahawks to win. Sounds like a two hundred and fifty dollar play for me. So thank you, Disley. Thank you, Seahawks. Um, the Jets are not good for tight ends. Moving on, 34-40. Blondie. Holy crap, another one. <laughs> Farley. Um, cover two. Well, it's like a good, it's like a green two, where everybody's gonna play along the side of the line, and you have the th- you have the well, it's like a, it's like a green Tampa two. This guy's gonna play a little more deep than these two, two guys deep. You have Hall who cheats a little bit underneath because he's playing in trail because he knows he can pass it off to the safety. The safety bites on the hitch on the stop, and now you have a guy running right, right across the end zone. You also have spot dropping where guys are not lining up properly, where. Giedry is supposed to be matching the two right here. He doesn't. His eyes are inside. The two breaks. And again, simple throw. If Russell Wilson wanted to throw this ball, it's there. If, if, he, if he saw him inside, he, he saw him release outside, he'd easily hit that. It easily come a touchdown right here. Bang, hit him, touchdown. See that versus Jets all the time because they spot drop. Why? Why that's so open? Terrible right there. Spot dropping. Farley doesn't see the in break. Hall tries to pass it off to him, and he's streaking across the back line wide open. Embarrassing defense. Absolutely disgusting. Um, Last play of the defense. Flown D. What happens here? I don't know. Corner blitz. Do you think you have a guy over the top to replace him? Capping him? You know, maybe. Get on the caplets. And he literally, I think he's releasing on a vertical route. He just sees himself open. Geno, Geno Smith hits this throw. The Jets are down 40 to, 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 or 37 to 3 or 43, whatever it was. And look how open this guy is. How does it make sense to corner blitz with absolutely nothing over the top? Nothing over the top. Hits him. And the easiest first down the Seahawks ever got. 
minus the other blown defenses that I showed. The other five, six blown defenses this game. Moving on. Good from the offense. Don't have a ton. Uh, Barrios. Uh, three receptions, 49 yards. One of like 40 of his yards were on like a, or maybe like 30 of his yards were on a one big catch. It was wide open on a, on a, on a, uh, over route, whatever. That wasn't overly impressive. The Seahawks actually blew the defense there, um, or just got sucked up, whatever it was. It wasn't overly impressive, but I do have one play of him, just body control, awareness on the sideline, stuff like that. Um, he's right here as the number one on the bottom. He runs the out route. Good job selling vertical, the drive face, arms pumping, arms pumping, arms pumping. I don't like the break. I don't like the lean. You see how he's leaning before he breaks? You, you want to obviously stay vertical and then break off of the inside foot, not the outside foot. So the break is pretty rounded. It goes from the 36 to the 40. Not the best break. Again, not, not very clean with leaning right like that before. But still is able to beat the corner who's playing off. Catch the ball, toe drag, looks the ball in, catch, toes down. Good job. Had a good play for a screen last week. That play, again, I think he's a depth guy. I think he's a depth punt returner type guy, but that's fine. Um, Adams, I have two plays at him. Six rushes, 27 yards. Been pretty impressive this week, but of course, Frank Gore's going to run more because Adam Gase um, would probably have Frank Gore's babies. Adams run, Wesco block. Lead zone where Adams is acting like that, like that sandbacker. Great job by Andrews right here. Great block. Good job. Again, and it, and the Jets offensive line, the way they've been producing the last couple of weeks in the run game, which this week wasn't as good, but like you have your like third string guards in there, which I don't, I have no idea why Clark is not playing. I have no idea. It's the biggest mystery of the season. Somebody needs to ask it. We have Perryman who comes to crack Adams. Adams notices a good job by Adams. Wesco gets his hands on Adams and kicks him out. I like that. Um, and good job by uh, Adams, this Adams, in terms of noticing his right guard get beat, widening his track, noticing Fant get beat too, which not a great job by, by Fant landing his hands way too wide. You're not going to get control when your hands are wide like that. So his hands are wide, his ducks his head, not a good job by Fant. Right tackle, right guard don't do a good job. He widens his track. Burst inside, follows his blocks, um, and continues churning for a couple of yards. So good job by Adams. Good job by Wesco on that block too. One more play of him, 39. Adams, stiff arm. This is, this is really simple. There's really not a lot to go. Uh, swing route, catches the ball. Corner's right in his face. I don't like Shaq Griffin now because he, he celebrates when he commits PIs. I hate players who do that. He's just trying to find an open lane. Gets his left arm into Griffin's face. Spins as he stiff arms his freaking face. Good job. He gets lit up a little bit right there. But you got to love the stiff arm to a corner who likes to celebrate when he doesn't do anything. The buster screen, the Kyle Wilsons of the world. The Shaq Griffins, even though he's a good, he's a good corner, but that that's he's whatever. Um McGovern, last guy I have an offense. Herndon, too. Herndon beats Adams on this play. Out route. Right here. Wide tight end. Laces up the field. Slows himself down. Squares up Adams. Adams isn't sure where he's going to go. 
not a good job by Adams shooting too far inside. Um, so if this is an option, he's breaking outside every time. So bad job by Adams in coverage, which again, he's okay in coverage, not great. Breaks outside. Won't break, drive. Good job getting the drive step mostly under the frame. Relatively sharp break. Die for the ball. Good, good catch. Good throw. Beats Adams as early in the game. Like to see that. And McGovern, again, decent job. Throws a left. Um, it gets swiped, but he's not leaning too far into it. You can tell when guys have, we call them heavy hands, and they're, when they're leaning into their hands, they get swatted, they start to fall forward. So good job by McGovern not leaning to his hand too hard. Gets swatted, but he still saves balance. Then lands his right into the guy. And he trips, but good job. Yeah, that's, that's a quick, you know, not a, don't got to go crazy into that one. Uh, 342. All right. 42. Who was that safety the Jets had who wore the really long sleeves to wear 42 for like a year? I think he was actually from the Seahawks. Oh, first person to comment that I'll be very proud of you. I, I'm going to look it up after, but I know, I know there's a safety on the Jets who like, Sometime from like 2014, maybe maybe 15, 2014 to 2017 ish range was on the Jets for like a year, and he had those long arm sleeves and he played at 40, number 42. I'm almost 100 sure. Conor McGovern block, Fant uh, Becton. Conor McGovern uh, off the ball, just a really good job getting to his um, to his landmark with pacing, with with quick pace, square, quick off the ball, squares up his guy, Fant. Another good job stepping down the line of scrimmage, which again, the right guard is vacating that gap as he pulls. So he wants to step down the line of scrimmage to make sure that McGovern gets in, gets into his spot because he doesn't want him to penetrate um, and blow up the play. So he has to step inside first, steps inside, gets his hands on, eyes flash outside, hops to cover his ground, uh, to cover ground and cut off the, the edge. Double unders lands, lands his hands. Now Beckton, Another one of those plays where like good, but not the best here on this down block. Um, and the reason being is he, he lets this guy penetrate a little bit too much. His, his feet, I want to see his foot more like on step, like gain ground horizontally and vertically in this guy, or just like a near step, just like straight towards the guy um, and cut him off. I don't want to see his foot drop like it does because now he's just going, you know, he's not really cutting off with his hips. Now he's really just cutting off with his upper body. And he penetrates the B gap, and he creates some penetration, which pushes Beckton and the the uh, the rusher into the backfield. And now it kind of it, they're running the uh, counter counter OF. We have the the guard kick out and the uh, and the, the the tight end um, lead. And because he allows that penetration, he kind of screws up the timing where he gets hit, and I think the the uh, the tight end gets hit too. So I'm saying like he, he kind of gets the play screwed up a little bit right there. So he creates movement right here where again, some guys online might say, Oh my God, great job moving this guy. But yeah, sure. But also a lot of penetration. And again, I think he's a top 10 left tackle. These are things I just need to see improved for him to be elite. I don't want to think of people crushing the kid. I, I put him as the number one stud, but I do want to be fair and give him criticism that is deserved. He's a rookie. I think he's perfect. You're crazy. Good from the defense. Only have two plays in here. Good. Uh, what being, um, John Franklin Myers thought he played okay. Fado Kasi had a couple of stuffs. Um, Luvu was noticeable this game, but I also said in one play he looked kind of stupid. I don't like when guys are celebrating when they're down. 
um, it is kind of embarrassing. I get you like big hit. You're, you're kind of pumped up, but um, Luvu edge right here. does a good job filling. I believe the a gap B gap. They run, um, they run a trap play right here. They trap Fadokasi. Luvu fills, sees it coming. You have Quinn Williams who beats his guy quickly, hands on. Bends, good bend from Quinn Williams, dives for it, but the running back is able to hop over it. Luvu fills right here and lays a big hit, but I don't like it after the play. Again, watch the big hit from Luvu. Smacks a guy, but don't get up and start flexing. You're down 37 to three, dude. Like, chill. I hate that stuff. Do not like it. Maybe, maybe I'm get off my lawn type of guy, but I don't like celebrating when you're getting your ass kicked. Um, good blitz design. This is the last play I believe of this game. Yeah, Luvu gets the hit right here, but um, Q is getting the, the getting the attention of the center. He was going to take the attention of the guard. They're going to pull them apart, and you're gonna, they're going to blitz the a gap with like a delayed blitz with 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 Luvu, who is going to come off of the edge and loop inside. A gap is wide open. Both these guys do their jobs. Luvu fills, jumps, is a part of the sack with. Uh, I guess John Funk and Myers, they, they, they split the sack. So good blitz design. That's it for those guys. Um, moving on. Special teams, uh, Ballantyne, like I said it last week, pretty good kick return last week, this week um, as well. 66-yard uh, kick return almost got brought to the house. Castillo cut and then signed to the practice squad after hitting one for four field goals. Um, the whole chug video, he actually did not that good of a chugger either. So was pretty impressive. The first couple of weeks he was playing like 52 yard field goal, 53, 55, 46, like all down the middle. And then he missed one and it got to his head. Now he sucks. Um, the next game jets at Rams. Um, not even putting, you know, again, I don't care if they're about better than us. I'm not going over the game. Jets are 0 and 13. Who cares? The injuries again, GBR is not going to be there. Bennett Jackson Davis, uh, I believe they're all out for the year. Fado Kossi probably not going to play Mims Crowder, like questionable. So, uh, we, we, we're not sure. Um, I think Mims is going to play, which should be exciting, but hopefully he doesn't win us a game. How to win, don't, they're not going to. Pick'ems of last week. Um, I pick the Seahawks. They beat the Jets 40 to th- uh, forty to 3. I pick the Giants. They got blown out at home 26-7. Uh, to 7. Uh, So much for all that shit talk, Giants fans. I pick the Bucks against the Vikings. The Bucks won 26-14. to 14. Um, I picked the Texans against the Bears or at the Bears. They got blown out 36 to 7. Um, I picked the Panthers at home against the Broncos. The Broncos won 32 to 27. Not the best week for me, obviously. I picked the Colts at the Raiders. They beat the Raiders 44 to 27. I picked the Falcons at the Chargers. The Chargers won 2017. Uh, neither team wanted to win that game at the end of that game. Uh, I picked the Bills. They beat the Steelers 26 to 15. Again, the Bills, I mean, the, the Steelers were never like the the high and mighty 11 and and, uh, and uh, O team. Like they they were beating bad teams, like kind of close. Like I didn't think they were as good as everybody thought they were. Um, still, they're a really good team. I think they're the third best team in the AFC, though. Um, my opinion, you, you, have the, you have the Chiefs, you have the Bills, you have the Steelers. It's probably those three. Um, moving on. You had, and then in the last game, I picked the Ravens. Um, 
and they beat the Browns 47 to uh, 42. And it sucks because I, I picked the Browns like a parlay. So I kind of hedged my bets um, where I had the Browns both plus four. And then another, another parlay, I had the, the Browns just winning straight up. Um, and the plus four was going to happen. So, okay, you know, I, I actually made like 30 bucks. I didn't lose all my money. And that's when they kicked the field goal. Uh, and it was 45 to 42. And I don't even know what happened still, but apparently there was a safety. Cause I went to look at my parlay like the other day and I was like, how the hell did they score another point? So I guess they got a safety and the, the four point spread, which I actually made it up to from like three and a half or three or whatever, two and a half, whatever the spread was. And I made it to four and they lose by five. So that hurt, but the Ravens won. Um, to go to the standings. The games this week, by the way, suck. I only have five games, which I think pretty much everybody's going to have the same picks. Standings, uh, tie for first again now. Danny and Kyle uh, at 56 and 24. You have Matt in third place at 50 and 30. I'm one game behind in fourth place at 49 and 31. Marcus in fifth place at 47 and 33. Vinny in sixth place at 46 and 34. Rob in seventh place, creating some distance on on a last, uh, the last place guy uh, at 44 and 36. Tom in last place with a losing record now at a terrible week. Like I think he went like two and seven uh, at 39 and 41. The games last week were really hard. Um, this week, again, the games are hard. Uh, well, my, well not, not hard. They, they suck this week. There really wasn't a lot of games at all that were hard to pick, I think. Um, the 0 and 13 Jets with the 9 and 4 Rams. I'm picking the Rams. I'm picking the Rams to win uh, 31 to 10 whatever 21 points three touchdowns um the next game the six and seven vikings at the six and seven bears i'm taking the vikings even though the bears look really good last week against the texans the texans are not a good team overall um, in terms of their talent minus their quarterback um the six and seven pats who are gonna be fighting for their season at the eight and five dolphins i'm taking the dolphins uh just a better team uh, and flores is a good coach it's like there's a huge a huge co- uh, coaching discrepancy um, the next game, the 12 and one chiefs at the 10 and three, uh, saints who got another parlay. They screwed me up last, or last week or two weeks ago. They lost to the fricking Eagles. Like what, uh, with Hertz, but, um, I'm taking the chiefs again, especially it, now, if this was Drew Brees playing, it'd be more interesting, but, um, you know, you never know the saints are still a good defense, even though they didn't look like it last week. No, I'm not taking the chiefs on the road. Then the last game, the nine and four Browns who, are good and especially the last couple of weeks against the Titans um, and the Ravens, they look really good, but their point differential is still not good. So I think they're a little bit of a fluky nine and four. So I think they're a good team. I don't think they're as good as people think they are um, at the giants who have a really good defense. Uh, the giants are on a, on a must win type game for the division. Cause you have this, the, the Redskins, I believe at six and seven, one game above them. So they really need to win this. It's on the road in MetLife. Can the giants pull it off? I'm saying, no, I'm taking the Browns. So to recap, I'm thinking, the Rams at home against the Jets. I'm taking the Vikings on the road at the Bears. I'm taking the Dolphins at home against the Patriots. I'm taking the Chiefs on the road at New Orleans. And I'm taking the Browns on the road against the Giants. Appreciate everybody for listening. Three more weeks. Well, today's the 17th. I'm recording this. Today is the 17th. We got about 16 more days, 17 more days until we figure out the Jets are the number one pick. Uh, stay patient. Uh, appreciate everybody for sticking out um, this this terrible la- you know year, last couple of years, but everything is looking brighter, um, in my opinion. A couple more weeks. I'll see you guys in about a week. Enjoy your Sunday and Saturday. 